one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars. And this week, Leyland Sherpas. <laughs> do you ever look back and go, what did we do before the internet? How did we completely oh, yeah. waste time? And Argos catalogue. <laughs> <laughs> Simple. Done. Well, you've seen my scrapbook, haven't you? It's quite heartening. I have <laughs> seen your scrapbook. It's quite heartening, though, because actually... Yeah. Um, my kids have had a catalogue from a toy store uh, for a month or so, which we gave them so they, we could say to them, look, you know, have a little look through there. Is there anything that you want to ask? That Father is Christmas the Christmas for? present. And it's amazing how long they can spend browsing a catalogue still. I mean, I love a, a high quality, thick stock colour catalogue, I have to say. Demon Tweaks, in fact, the Demon Tweaks catalogue came through the door day before yesterday. Oh, they still do a catalogue? They still do a physical catalogue through the door, and I was quite pleased about that. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I, do you know, I said last week that, and this is not a plug, but it's going to turn into one. We were talking last week about my new book, because I've got a new book out called Boring oh, Car Trivia Volume really? 2, available on Amazon as a paperback or ebook. But I said <laughs> last week that uh, I, I abandoned a plan uh, to make the cover. I wanted the cover originally to look like an 80s car brochure. One of those ones That's that right, was yeah. all of the range that Vauxhall and Ford and Austin Rover used to do particularly. And I couldn't make it work, so I gave up. But... It did make me think, after we'd been talking, that no one does those anymore. They would, they just wouldn't, for various reasons, not least, I mean, who, you know, who really reads car brochures? Everyone just goes online. But having been online last week looking for some details about a car, just for some research or something, a lot of car makers' websites now, they're fine for the superficial details. But if you want to deep dive into anything, like... Do they all have heated seats as standard? You're going to lose half an hour trying to find that out on the website because sometimes it's not immediately obvious. And a good old-fashioned brochure with one of those incredibly arcane and complicated tables in the back of it. Oh, I do, like a flowchart or a, yes. You know, the ones where it's got like sort of, I mean, some people still do do these, but not all of them, where you you then can, you can sort of look across and you go, I mean, back in the day it would have been, right, does the GL have... A tilt slide sunroof. Let's have a look. Oh, oh no! I it's a like clear that. circle, not a filled-in circle. So that means That's it's an right. optional extra. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very easy to Are comprehend. You poor? And it's just there's no st- asterisks at all in the table, yeah. apart from right at the bottom, which just says steering wheel and ashtray. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of the important things, obviously. <laughs> I yeah. uh, used to spend a lot of time, as I'm sure you did, just poring over car brochures, and and I used I did. to. I did. I think there was a period in the probably late eighties when Austin Rover or Rover Group, as they probably were then, used to do an incredible line in very, very detailed information in brochures. They would sort of, yeah, you know, things that were standard on all models across a range because they were just something the car had, like driver's left foot clutch rest, 
And it would be, but they'd still list it, so you knew the car had got it. And it was like they'd go into what, a lot of what, near side, near side rear wheel. Yeah, yes, <laughs> it has one. List out all four wheel. wheels separately. Offside front wheel, offside rear wheel. Check yes. Passenger door. Yeah, I used to. So I used to. I used to enjoy those brochures, and they are something of a lost art now. It's a shame, but you know, they'll come back. I can't. I can't quite see how. I mean, I suppose magazines have come back in as much as uh, as sales of mainstream magazines on newsstands uh, are sort of always waning a bit. Yeah, but super high end quarterly magazines such as the Road Rat, for whom I write sometimes, they're they're resurgent. So maybe the super high end car brochure. I think something and something creative and a bit. You know, I could see Volvo doing it on papyrus or something. You know. Saying it's it's some sort of eco credential, yeah, or um, you know, re- uh, re- recycled uh, plastic found in the sea, uh, woven into some sort of folder, flax, with printed yeah, all the information yeah, yeah, on yeah, flax. actually, there you go, yeah. So it's um, so it's a flax composite ring binder <laughs> with, with some lovely, some lovely material. I, I, I don't, know. I do think they're. There is a place for it. Weirdly, a really lovely, uh, totally escapes me now, which is bad, follower of ours on social media actually direct messaged me and said, I've I've found a load of old brochures um, and I'm going to get rid of them. Are any of these useful to you or Richard? And he sent me a, a, a screenshot and I was like, I'm totally having five out of those. <laughs> and I've got I've got a couple for you as a surprise from him. Oh, so have I'll, you? I'll, yeah, I'll post them to you uh, for early Christmas. Aww, How about that? Cheers. And they're, they're, and it was weird because I actually looked at them when they arrived um, early this week and I was just poring over the magnificence of some of the shots. It's the aspirational scenes which no one normally mm. would ever do. Yeah. You know, where you're like, I've just parked my MGBGT on the really sort of soft part of the sandy beach, you know, not not the not the not the slightly wet harder sand where you know you can park and come back in five minutes later and it hasn't sunk, but the really soft bit where you're like, that's not coming out, that's just not going to yeah. come out. That car's still there now. That's a job I would have liked back in the day, being responsible for the brochures for a large car yeah. maker because I think. That was a full-time in-house job. I'm pretty certain it was. Oh, what a, oh yeah, like a, a scout for um, locations yeah, and stuff. Yeah, so there'd be a fact, few my, my of mate's you. Dad, my mate's dad at secondary school was a location scout for TVs and stuff, mm. uh, um, perhaps commercials. I mean, he was crazy. Imagine it's 1973, and we mm. are heavily mustachioed, heavily smoking men with an office at, I don't know, sake of argument uh cowley and we're regularly yes. sent out so we're, we're up in north wales we're at um uh Towin or somewhere looking for a nice stretch of beach on which to stick of course you are stick a couple of maxis for a brochure shot <laughs> and you probably spend two weeks doing that and then you have a photographer down and, and a, you know they'd chuck some money at it i think wouldn't they oh there'd be so many business lunches oh my god wouldn't there? So much pointing and polyester trousers. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> of course, you turn up for a recce on a like a really, again, a really uneven 
sort of wet beach and you'd have nothing but a pair of super thin slip-on shoes that, and that was the only thing you brought with you yeah actually no no appropriate walking shoes to get over the terrain a windswept north Walian beach highly incompatible with the flared trousers of the time <laughs> you'd be like <laughs> exactly. polyester sails you'd get blown <laughs> blown for some distance <laughs> But um, oh, 70s uh, ill-fitting clothes for the job. I'd love that. Brilliant. A mate of mine uh, did work experience at the, um, well, what would it have been then? This was in the late 90s. He did work experience at the uh, Rover film unit, which was, there was still an in-house filming thing. In-house? Yeah. He said it was on the wane. And and it was very much, you know, a bit understaffed and they didn't do a lot. And they probably, at that point, by then, they'd have been using a lot of agencies as well. But he said there was still an in-house film unit because he went and did work experience there. And I went, what was it like? And he went, yeah, it was all right. I just remember they had still had a British Leyland ashtray. Oh the, oh, the fact they've got an ashtray as well. Well, I bet they were still smoking Dates. indoors in the late 90s. So. Oh. Yeah. Of course, of course they were. Of course they were. And, and did he go on to being an accomplished master of the art? Uh, yes, not of smoking. Yeah, no, no, no. He doesn't <laughs> smoke, but uh, yeah, he did. He's a he's a, a successful TV producer now. So um, I suppose it. There you go. It, it helped. It offered in some inspiration. Way. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I just remember that, that um, I was just quite when he told me about this. I went on eBay and looked to see if there were still any British Leyland ashtrays for sale. But at that of point, course you sadly did. no. Um, I've got Austin Allegro new old stock matches. You know that? I've got, have you? I've got some. They're actually in my drawer, really close to where I'm sat now. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I found them on eBay, and <laughs> um, and I thought, what? I d- apparently, they used to hand them out in the dealer, mm. um, the dealerships in early seventies. Of course. And uh, yeah, I, I bought five boxes of them. <laughs> So I've got. I might actually do a ceremonial light of one box when I um, when my Allegro is on the road. You know, like when you smash a bottle against the side of a ship. Do a genie. You I mean- might just. I'm going to genie some British Leyland matches. Yeah. Can I bloody do that, Rich? Yeah. Can I do that? <laughs> I've, I know what I wanted to open the today's chat with mm-hmm. the, the the whole um, Formula One fireball extravaganza. So I hear. Romain Grosjean's now going to be involved in a travelling show involving fire jumping, um, all sorts of stuff like that. Because clearly, he he's he's not going to ever die. Um, well, because if he was going I mean, to die, it would have happened just then. It's it is pretty Remarkable. frigging amazing um, what happened Sunday before last. Because I mean, yeah, he he. He, he, that was. It, there's so many sort of horrible variables there. What if the barrier had been on top of him and he couldn't have got out because he was, you know, he was sort of pinched between the the metal parts, yeah. of the barrier, the car was upside down, something like that, that he couldn't escape in the way that he did. Um, it, and he was in the car for a very long time with flames. Yeah, which you know, as Nicky Lauder showed, and I know the flame proofing is better than it was in Lauder's day, but it's the smoke inhalation slash getting the flames inside your lungs that is just not worth contemplating. It's horrible what can happen. So um, it's, yeah, it's deeply unpleasant. And also, um, a friend of mine was involved in... Um, he. <laughs> it was a setup for some filming, but he was caught in a situation where... A, a a a set fire that was you know set by special effects people was slightly stronger than envisaged 
and <laughs> it and of course what a fire does in an enclosed space is it sucks oxygen out of it and then right. what fire extinguishers do is also attempt to to quell a fire um yeah by filling the air with a thing that the fire can't breathe on but people can't CO2. breathe on it either and he said it was really really unpleasant because he, he couldn't breathe he sort of made the secret signal they came in with the fire extinguishers and that meant he couldn't breathe either and he just went i thought i was going to suffocate but in the really well it's really horrible it's like drowning with no water really really unpleasant so um yeah, that's not cool you think not cool grosjean was in there and he's in danger of breathing in horrible stuff and then you know there's sort of firing extinguishers at him but that's only going to make it more unpleasant i, I don't know if this was true I, somebody um a friend said to me also what made it worse was that his um his tear-offs on his visor melted yeah so effectively he because couldn't the- see so he's trying to escape. Of course, we didn't, and you can't lift your visor up. No, because it'll let in. Your, like your eyes will get burnt. Yeah. So it was. It was amazing. I mean, it was lovely to see. I do. I do keep. I keep watching it a few times, um, just because it's one of those situations where you just think you've got about fifteen seconds to make the right decision. Yeah. Everyone around him and him. Of like, what are you going to do? You're, you're you're obviously not you haven't you're not unconscious, so that's great. Mm. But yeah, it was it was amazing, and also weirdly, I think it was um, three days later um, was the um, was the anniversary of Paul Walker's death, the Fast and Furious actor bloke who died in a uh, what was it the the Porsche? It was a Carrera oh, GT, was wasn't it? The G the GT crash. Where it went into a weirdly went into a lamppost, didn't it, and caught fire? Yeah, and that I think was, it was a, um, that was a weird situation. Well, that was itself. a salutary lesson in uh, older cars. I know it wasn't that old, but but it had been in storage, I think, hadn't it? That car and the tyres had, had gone off. <clears throat> yes, that's just what I heard. And so they were old tyres that looked fine. Yeah, there was still lots of tread. But I mean, that's got to be yeah. a. A problem for a lot of, particularly sort of high value cars that just get tucked away, but then they change hands. Yep. They change hands to someone yep. who goes, Well, I'm going to blow the dust off this thing. And the tyres are crumbly rocks, then you are going to have some problems. And I guess that's what happened with the Paul Walker thing. I feel like there's someone's missing, a, any tyre manufacturers out there could be missing a trick here. You know, when you buy batteries, for like children's toys and things and you put your fingers on the there's a strip on the oh, edge yeah. sometimes and you put your finger and thumb over it and it'll go yeah this one's got about two thirds left mm. before it's dead imagine if you could just do that on the side wall of a tyre <laughs> and it'll go guys I'm just wanting to say that I am six years old well they are date marks aren't they that's the thing you can tell you can, but it's it's because it's a black tire with black writing, mm. and the, I think the date of the tire is quite small. Yeah, um, you almost want it to be kind of idiot proof. <laughs> I, I mean, bring bring back white lettering. Oh, there I mean, you go. It, Problem solved. Th- there was never anything uncool about white lettering. Well, I don't mean like, I don't mean it has to be in a huge point. So, like <laughs> the date that you bought your tires is in like three inch high writing on the side. So everyone goes, "Oh, look at Captain Cheapskate over there with his two thousand and seven tires." But um, yeah, it could, it could be a thing, couldn't it? It I, could happen. Now, funny enough, I was something I wanted to bring up with you. Um, that is, I've just been reminded of it by talking about white wall 
tyres or white lettering tyres is. Um, oh, I absolutely love I love a white wall. There's a especially a white band. A white, uh, yeah, white band. Well, there's a guy or a Goodyear Blue Streak a, Blue Band, wonderful tyre. What do you use those for? What are they? What would you? Uh, it was old school sixties muscle cars. Oh, they were performance okay. tires, and they did red lines. I was going to say, well. wasn't red, red stripes? Yeah, yeah. The the, the red line. I, I I want a set for my charger, but they're about eight thousand pounds a corner, and they don't actually grip very well. So I'm like, mm, doesn't <laughs> sound like an attractive proposition. Um, <laughs> but there's I'd a guy them. in my neighbourhood who really likes American cars and has this sounds like the beginning of a blues song <laughs> gay in my neighborhood da, 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 da. <laughs> likes not a classic but uh yeah he's got um he's got a few american cars and his devotion to american cars is absolute because i've noticed that his his wife partner whatever has a uh sort of most recent shape jeep cherokee you know the one that no one really okay. bought because it had that quite yes. funny funny front on it it does have a strange front on it yeah I know that one. she drives one of those and someone's like can I have an evoke no I like American things you're going to have something American I'm always a bit worried about people like that because it's almost like they're completely blinkered hmm do you ever feel like that so you go I get it you like American cars but you do know that some American cars aren't very good just like some British cars aren't very good, just like some Japanese cars aren't very good. Yeah. But you've committed to the point where it's like, I'm not going to deviate from this course now. I'm I'm always going to buy a Cherokee of some sort, the, um, even the bad ones. Well, so the, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I agree because <laughs> I sort of, I sort of thought, um, there's there's a there's a devotion to to shitness because one of his cars is one of those sort of nineties um, uh, Firebirds Pontiac Firebirds, and they were cat nineties. So is yeah. it like um, like an IROC kind of a, a Camaro IROC kind of uh, thing? I'm trying to um, remember. No, they were just the ones oh, with on, they're very a... overhangy and oh very I know terrible. they're very swoopy front. Yes. It looks like the talon of an eagle. Yes, the front end. yes, yes. They're really good at drag racing and nothing else. Yeah, because of their aero. Yeah, and they just toss otherwise. And and, and he, he seems to have one of those. And he's got like, he's got an old seventies <laughs> Trans Am, which you know is I grant you is pretty cool. Um, I've got time for that. Yeah, and um, I don't it's know. I feel like I'm. On. I feel like I'm sort of I'm t- I'm t- tittle tattling on someone who who doesn't know. It. But anyway, so he likes American cars. Well, that's fine. But he's recently got a Dodge Charger and not one like yours not a classic 60, 70s oh, not a four door four door recentish. well you know sort of it's probably 10 years old something like that I can't remember what reg it is this brings me to my point eventually which is British plates always look shit on American cars oh yeah which is why I don't have them do you know what I mean though yeah 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 yeah. yeah. I mean there are a number of problems one of them is that if you put them on the back the slot on a lot of cars is only designed for a US size license plate. So you have to have a square plate and it just looks a bit wrong. Yeah. But then they look cack on the front. I was looking at this guy's charger. He went past me this morning when I was out with a dog. And obviously there are a lot of Dodge chargers around our neck of the woods. So I immediately went, oh, it's that bloke <laughs> from down the road. Look, there he is in his charger. Look, I bet he's really pleased because he's clearly only just got it. Really pleased with his charger. Even though, you know, he could have bought a 300C and then he'd, it's 
broadly the same car. Well, and he could have had I've got to be honest, on. yeah, the 300C is a far better looking car. But anyway. Also, yeah. I think it looks quite low spec, this Charger. So it would suggest it's probably the V6. And you just go, what, what, why would you? Why? What, what are you thinking? Are you well, at least for? go one or the other. You either go looks or performance. Yeah. If you can't do both. Just and do neither, which I think is way Yeah, if you were going to go looks, you'd go for a two-door car. You know, you go for a four-cylinder Mustang, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, oh, it always looks... Oh. It was just the front, a British plate on the front of that car. I mean, I think it's partly because you see a lot of American cars, if you go to America, depending on which state you're in, there's a lot of states you don't have to have a front number plate, and people don't. And cars oh, look really so, clean. Look so good. Really they clean do. Corvettes. Front plate. Yes, yeah. Corvettes without a front plate are just wonderful. So, wonderful. Well, I, I know people, Rich, who perhaps drive American cars in the UK and they have uh, American registration license plates that they have stamped with a, with a UK number on, but mm, it looks American because mm, therefore it fits in the apertures mm, and it looks authentic. Is that not illegal, um, though? It, yeah, that is, that's illegal. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is so, but I and I've tried to tell these people that strictly speaking, it's not legal, and they they blanked me. So, yeah. So, but I but I just thought it's the same way of like I've got a couple of Japanese imports about my person, (laughs) and they have strange um, apertures, don't they? Um, Oh, they do. Yes, because again, yeah, mostly square, or just off square. Yeah, and again, some of those plates don't look quite right when people. No, uh, feel like uh, I know. I know this is ridiculous, but if I see an early MX Five, I'm always like, "Ooh, early MX Five, that's nice to see, isn't it?" And I go around the back, and it's a JDM one because you can tell by the back number plate hole, can't you? I'm always a bit the, like the anus road. It says uh, the anus road. Yeah, I often will say anus on it, and then uh, there'll be various other things that you, particularly MX Five nerds, can probably spot it at twenty paces. The speakers and the headrest and all that malarkey that gives away a Japanese market car. But but if it's one that's sort of masquerading as a as a Euro car, and then you get around the back and go, uh Oh, because it's, uh, it's just almost like because a, a UK car with a proper wide UK plate hole and all of that is a bit of a rarity. Bit of a, it's, a, it's a novel thing to see. Did you these just days. say UK hole car? You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it just plate sounds hole. a bit. Yeah, plate hole. Uh, no, I know exactly. I know exactly what what you mean, and I'm. I I think some people need. There are some cars which people drive around in, and you you could lift the aesthetics of it hugely by just buying them a pair of really decent number plates that either aren't aren't damaged or just the wrong shape mm. or the wrong shade and uh, and maybe cleaning their windows and wheels <laughs> and then that would be it you know windows and wheels it lifts the car it really lifts the car yeah and headlights if you've got time to wash the whole car just go to town on the um on the on the wheels wash them dry them uh wax them they look great I like having a smart Jingle. pair of shoes it's like having a it's like having a pair of really smart shoes, but with boot cut jeans that are just dragging through the, the, the remnants of whatever's on the pub floor. Well, they've gone really frondy at the back because they've worn. They've gone really frilly, and they're and they're just picking up all of the the night out detritus. That's what they're doing. Oh, it's like a floor, a horrible Friday night floor mop. <laughs> <laughs> I always worry about severe boot cuts that um, the owner of said boot cuts is going to get them caught in the pedals of a car. You know, a pedal box, when you move from one pedal to the other, imagine there's a bit of frayed boot cut going on. It could just get hitched on the side of the... 
on the on the side of that pedals. I do worry a little bit. And, and of course, in the seventies or the sixties with bell bottoms, I mean, what was going on with the pedal box? You imagine if you had platform shoes, bell bottoms. You're like, oh yeah, I totally drive a manual. Uh, <laughs> Whatever, Pontiac Firebird. You're like, dude, you're a ticking time bomb. You're a polyester <laughs> yeah, ticking I'm time right. bomb. I'm just off <laughs> in my all drum braked car whilst wearing <laughs> enormous platform shoes and flared trousers and possibly yeah. some sunglasses that are tinted uh, an idiotic colour that actually impairs your vision. Off we go. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I'm running really late. I'm trying to strike up a cigarette and all my clothes are inflammable and the interior of the car is inflammable as well because it's all just really kind of lighty plastic. <laughs> just, when you, when, oh, and by the way, there's three kids in the back that are just rolling around with n- nothing but a seatbelt. or n- not, not a seatbelt, nothing but like, I don't know, an ice lolly between them. Yeah, good old 70s. Good old 70s. We survived. Oh, uh, my latest video on um, on my YouTube channel. Again, I'm, I will plug it's it. Seamless Plugarama um, this week. We're doing well. Seamless Plugarama. Uh, reviewed the Fiat 500E, you know, the 2021 I Fiat saw. 500. Well, I didn't see it. I haven't watched it yet, I'll be honest. I've, I've been, I was really busy the last few days. But That's all right, Rich. Um, it's, it's okay. I saw it because I saw the still that you put out where you, you'd gone a bit Peaky Blinders. I went a bit Peaky Blinder, I did, yeah. I sort of thought I'd got to be creative uh, this year with regards to what we can and can't do and where we can and can't go. Supposed to have gone on the launch to Turin, ended up in Birmingham. Usual story, you know. Well, it's very and, much uh, the Turin of the West Midlands, so... Isn't it? It is the Turin. It kind of is, in a way, because it's sort of Turin was Italy's Motown, and and Birmingham, I suppose, was Britain. Actually, so you know, let's let's not be actually. Hasty. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it is Motown. You could. So yeah, I um. But what one thing that had me chuckling a little bit, which I I feel like not many people would appreciate, apart from maybe the Smith and Sniff listeners, is that that there's three driving modes in the new 500e, mm. and it's like normal range mode mm. um and sherpa <laughs> what it's true it's true so you flick through the modes with this little toggle switch and 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 i, and I phoned up fear and I, I flicked through the pdfs of the 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 the, the manual you know the, the launch pack and i went what what's sherpa mode what is that and they went, oh, it's sort of like a just a get you home mode. Like it shuts down aircon, no heating, oh. um, halves the power of the car, so it won't do more than about fifty miles an hour, forty miles an hour. And it's just like you're sort of like I've got to get home. I've got no wow. charge left in the car, and it's called Sherpa. I was quite disappointed that it didn't instantly transform the car into a sort of parts bin van from the seventies. But um, well, and then Jaws and the James there, Bond film comes and tears the roof off. <laughs> and therein is the reason. In the video, I put a still picture of a Sherpa van that was next to um, a canal with <laughs> British waterways written on the side of it. Because I remember, anytime anyone mentions Sherpa, because I know you can get like Sherpa lined shirts and things, because I've got a Sherpa fleece shirt. Mm. All I ever think about is just kind of shoggy 70s builders' vans. Yeah. And the fact that I remember my dad used to sometimes bring a Sherpa home if he was working on um like a motorway project or whatever. There'd always be a pool Sherpa with a really lame <laughs> flashing orange light on the roof. <laughs> and, it was, and I just I got sort of fond memories of it. It's a proper 70s hangover kind of uh, vehicle, isn't it? And they just lingered around like wet old farts yeah. for ages. Uh, and when was the last time you saw a Sherpa? 
Um, well, I've seen late Sherpas. There's one that's parked not that far from here, actually. But, like, you know, proper sort of... Into the LDVs, LDVs, yeah, yeah. Because, um, actually, I was going to mention this. I just remembered. I've noticed there mm-hmm. are two car-based podcasts now. I won't name them because screw off. We don't want to promote them. <laughs> but who've got... Actually, I shouldn't say screw off because I think one of them's invited us to go on there. But anyway, um, they've got their own vans. <laughs> That are mobile <laughs> studios. This is going well. Um, two excellent uh, car podcasts uh, that have their own own vans and uh, uh, that are their recording studios and go what? around. And I was like, "What the? F- we've, we've really missed a trick here. We should get a van." And I was trying to think what sort of van we should have. And all I could think was one of those later model LDVs. Not the LDVs. little one, the 400, the big one, but like one that's ex-police okay. with the Rover V8 in it. Oh, what a great idea. That would be a pretty tippity-top Smith & Sniff mobile recording van, except that I suspect it would be in a constant state of malfunction and we would never actually go anywhere. But we We'd could, never get to our destination. Yeah, today we're going to Brands Hatch to interview Derek Bell on the podcast. Oh, no, we're not. We're, st- we're stuck at the side, <laughs> stuck at the side of the A1 again. The thermostat's gone. Yeah, yeah. There was quite a lot uh, of stuff uh, well, coming out of the bottom when I started this morning, and uh, here we I, are. I feel like we could just go. I d- we could just we could say, look, we can't go that old for for reliability reasons. So let's go um, Mazda Bongo friendly, or, <laughs> or we could. I mean, if you want to go super ghetto, it would be um, would it be Toyota Previa, and we could just saw a big hole in the roof and put one of those dome, those clear oh, yeah. aspects domes that you put on the roof of Grand Designs houses to let more light into the kitchen. I feel like I've seen a Previa with a metal version of that. Really? Yeah, so why not just have a translucent one made? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Well, let's do it. If we could start, I bet you we could crowdfund enough for a a very short MOT Previa. Well, yeah, um, and they're pretty reliable, aren't they? So there's no worries there. They are really, and they're rear-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I discovered in the course of um, again. Sorry, this, is, this sounds like a plug, but in the course of doing putting together my new car trivia book, I discovered that the um, you know the Previa Such unusually a had a bespoke engine. You know, usually Toyota. One of the reasons they're, they're so successful as a, as a company is because they share parts across a wide range of cars, and they so they sort of yeah um, cover their costs very quickly and easily and they don't unnecessarily duplicate effort which is why you know all Toyotas have the same electric window switches and so on but for the Previa 
they went to town and they went no because we want it to be i mean effectively it's sort of front mid-engined isn't it and um yeah and it is and we want it's really the, inboard we want the the engine to to lie flat and um that way we'll get a nice flat floor which is it's a totally bonkers way of doing it because i mean they must have had I to go it. to whoever signed off new projects and go yeah we want to do a new people carrier yeah excellent idea good uh, what did you have in mind well i think we wanted it to be mid-engined and rear wheel drive okay well, yeah fine that sounds that sounds really sensible it's, a, it's, it's an amazing it's an amazingly durable van that nobody cares about mm. I, I bet you there isn't a previa in Europe, I don't. I couldn't speak anywhere else. I bet you there's no Previa in Europe that's looked after nicely. Mm, that's a good point. Actually. It's not. It's not a vehicle that anyone will look. They'll never get washed. No one will yeah. ever check the oil and go, "Oh, look, it might need a small top up of oil." Yeah. No one will do that. Boris they Johnson's got the engine one, is. hasn't he? I think Boris has, Johnson's has our, got one. Yeah, the, the current Prime Minister has a, oh, certainly had a Previa, and, and uh, I, I saw it in pictures brilliant. once, and it did look like it had been horribly neglected oh, like most of his children blossom tree um <laughs> and we've talked about boris before because hasn't he this has been some strange sort of choddy cars seen about his person like a uh, first generation ford focus and yeah wasn't it a citroen ax like on the driveway a, yeah i know it's very odd when he brought the press out a, a tray of tea and it, it was just like what are you doing with all these sort of like mid-90s weird shit boxes. <laughs> I saw a Japanese Not Ford import Previa, like quite a recent one the other day. Yeah. And it's quite a nice-looking car. It's got a what? good... Yeah, it's got a really good a good stance on it. It's like, I don't know, it's just, it's just quite a nice-looking car, <laughs> as as enormous well, it's, it's people a, carriers go. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going on Auto Trader here. It's not a patch on the 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 L Grand, the Nissan L Grand. No, 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 the, no. What's the other Toyota Japanese import people carrier that sounds like an Enema, but it's not an Enema? Hang I on, I've got to look it up. Don't know, really annoying. don't know what you mean. Uh, I was going to say about the uh, the Previa that having agreed with the lunatic within the company who went yeah we should do a mid-engine rear-wheel drive people carry it'll be brilliant um with an enormous oval speedometer and somebody went absolutely yeah go for it <laughs> they they came up with a bespoke engine for it which is a an inline floor an inline four cylinder that could be laying on its side almost flat is it almost flat it's almost flat it's at uh 72 degrees or something so it's almost almost wow. flat. um but having done that, I, I, I realised uh, the question would be, why don't you, if you're going to do a bespoke engine, why not make a, a flat four or a flat six or something instead? But apparently, lying a four-cylinder down with the ancillaries, some of them are remote, was gave a shallower engine than putting in a in a boxer. So that's why they did it. Did it? This is, I mean, I have respect for this vehicle. I've been on a couple of those, uh, I said it before, a couple of those sort of banger rallies for charity. Mm. The the Dumble, um, which does it for Teenage Cancer Trust. It's a brilliant event. And uh, there was a couple of years where the go-to vehicle was a Prev. And the reason was is because you're in your car for about 18 hours a day. And people just want cheap, spa- cheap reliable space. Mm. And I went in one of them, and it was modified to look like the Beatles' yellow submarine. Of course. So it had a turret and everything. <laughs> and and 
someone inside had taken, I think, was a, you can take rows of seats out and stuff, can't you? They'd taken one of the rows of seats out and instead they'd put a hammock on like the, <laughs> the B pillar to the C pillar diagonally oh and they were God. just in a hammock <laughs> travelling along. I think this is a Euro end cap absolute disaster waiting to happen. You're going to trebuchet yourself out of the car. <laughs> but but uh, these are the same. It's a, it's a very cool vehicle. Got 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 time for? Uh, should we get one? Shall we? I'm just looking. There are no, um, what we'll term classic previous on Auto Trader or on eBay. Oh, that I can they're see. too cheap for Auto Trader. Well, I can't see on an eBay either. They're all the second generation one, which is front wheel drive, and it's just sort of not as interesting somehow. Unless I'm no, no, you can't can't do. Should it. I they're, do? They're, they're, should I do Estima? Let's have a look for an Estima. See oh, it was that, that's that's what I was trying to think of. There, wasn't there an Amina e- or a uh, Lucida? A t- Here's one. Seven hundred and fifty pounds. A diesel auto. What the fuck? Toyota Lucida Lucy. Estima, seven seater diesel auto, four wheel drive. Bloody hell! Uh, but this is classic shape. Previous. Although the Japanese market ones were, were narrower as well. Um, oh, were they? Yeah. Gosh, you. Which is like, never ceases to amaze me. Oh, there was a Toyota Amina, which is the one I was telling you about that I thought was Enema. Oh, it's okay. Amina. Right. Yeah. And it's I th- I think it's a derivative of the Estima. I mean, it's just turning into some sort of tongue twister. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Amina Estima, or the lyrics to um, Kokomo by the Beach Boys. It's, oh, it's it actually is. just Amina a list of Japanese Estima. market Toyotas. <laughs> Previa, Estima, Avida, Avida, Estima. I, I don't. Oh, where are we? I, yeah, there's not. I mean, there's not an embarrassment of riches here. And I just, I just want a. They're very popular as banger race cars. Are they? Prevs, and the reason is because inboard engine, oh. so you can use it as a JDM battering ram. Crikey! I'm amazed they haven't yeah. been banned you... then. <clears throat> I think they nearly got banned because they were. I think that the. the, the it's one of those vans. Nobody likes them, so they don't want to see them win. Mm. But the fact is, it can get absolutely destroyed from the back end because there's lots of overhang, mm. and it can get destroyed from the front end. But it still kind of works. It's <laughs> typical Toyota. They they inadvertently created the ultimate banger race car wasn't instead of a, the, a people carrier. Wasn't the mid eighties onward Nissan Bluebird an absolute banger star to the extent that got? Band. Well, it's a weapon. Um, they're still a weapon if you can find them. They, 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 again, they fetch good money because even in engineless, you know, under CSI tarp form, mm. you'd still you'd still see it around the, the 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 short oval, no problem. Yeah, there's some cars which are just they've got the right cross member, they've got the right chassis rigidity. They just work as a mm. a weapon of mass destruction. So yeah. You know, um, talking of weapons of mass destruction, <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, I was thinking uh, when I was saw the the, the Romain Grosjean fireball incident. Uh, I, I've met Roman. I, th- I think you've met him. Have you met him? Uh, no. Oh, I thought. I see. I remember meeting him, doing a job with him that you know about back in 2012. I think it was mm. when he just signed up um, with. Lotus. Oh, I remember you doing that. And and I know and you will remember that because in a very strange way I interviewed him wearing your jacket. Yes. I remember that go. distinctly. You so, you you used my jacket 
for, for that borrowed job. your jacket because I wasn't wearing smart enough clothes of my own. So I borrowed your jacket. And then, so I have your jacket has met Romain Grosjean. Oh, well, wow. I've still got that jacket as well. I'll have to go, uh, have to go downstairs and ask it how Romain Grosjean was. I think you should send a message, a get well message out to Romain Grosjean with the jacket on and say, this jacket's met you. <laughs> and he'll go, this this is just the creepiest thing yeah. that anyone sent me in the last 48 hours. Yeah. Well, slash ever. He, you know, he he probably is quite bored now. He's still in a, a private clinic. Uh, so I imagine... Of course he is. He's not been allowed to fly home. Well, I don't know, he maybe has now, but he certainly... Last I looked, he was he was still being he's, he's released from the hospital he went to initially, but he was being looked after elsewhere, um, rather than being allowed to fly home. So um, he probably needs things to occupy his mind, and what could occupy the mind more than trying to work out what the merry fuck someone's doing, sending you a picture <laughs> of a jacket? Can you do it for me? Please do it. What do you reckon? I would if I was Roman Grosjean, okay, and you, you, you've been laid up, you're in bed, you're kind of okay, but you just got to chill out for a bit, and you've done a few relaxation um, songs, you know, to kind of meditate and mm. maybe a bit of stretching, and then it's like, right, I've got the eBay app on my phone, bollocks, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play eBay roulette. I'm a very wealthy Formula One driver, but I'm gonna keep it on the down low, and I'm gonna spend no more than eight hundred pounds on a car within 20 mile radius of the hospital that I'm in and then pay extra to get it delivered to the car park <laughs> I would absolutely and you go right go on then Grosjean what are you going for you've got less than a grand you've got to get it delivered to the um, the car park and pay extra to have it pay and displayed for two days um, what's, it, what's he going to go for What if Grosjean was going to get, you know, drive a, a, an old, a sort of old shitter what would Grosjean go for and why um does he want something frisky? Does he go for big power? Does he go for finesse? Now, I don't know if he's one of those drivers that's actually into cars. I'm not sure. Uh. Um, because, you know, you get some Formula 1 drivers, they're just not interested in road cars because... Because they don't do anything that turns them on, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I've driven an F1 <clears> car, guys... You have nothing yeah. that can interest me. Whereas other drivers are, you know, Jensen Button being a case in point. Lewis Hamilton actually is quite some. Um, uh, yeah, he's got his Pagani and stuff, hasn't he? And, and um, there's a few of them who are sort of into cars. Yeah. And there's a few of them who just honestly don't seem to give a flying toss. Um, I remember uh, uh, Karun Chandok, who um, we both know a little bit. He he once said to me that when he was racing for. Um, HRT. Who was his teammate? I can't even remember now. It's a while back. But he said they'd get to an airport somewhere and then they'd sort of have, you know, they'd have hire cars each. And his teammate would get to the hire car desk and go, right, what have you got for me? Oh, no, I don't want that. No, I don't like them. Here, can I have a look at the list? And would be sort of like fussing over what they were going to be given as a hire car. Yeah. And Karun said he'd just be like, just give me the damn keys to whatever you've got. I just want to get out of here. <laughs> he did well, he's not got, give he's, a toss. He's got to, he's got to get to breakfast. Exactly. Well, yeah, he's got he's so. got a breakfast strategy, so he needs to yeah. he needs to get on that. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is funny, isn't it, being being a, being a, a, a pro racing driver, but maybe not being that interested in cars. Is that I can understand it because it's a different level. Yeah. But at the same time, I I, I love the fact that I and I hope. That that maybe Roman Grosjean right now is on Car and Classic, going. That would be right. 
that would, that would, be, that would be nice to see. Um, obviously, it's it, nice to it think that he's, he's not badly injured and he's just, seems to be getting better very quickly. But it would oh, be nice to think that completely. he, um, yeah, he's just there going, oh, bloody hell, I haven't seen a, I haven't seen an Alpine A610 for ages. I wonder if there's any for sale. Oh, In yeah. a French accent, obviously. And he thought, yeah, and of course he'll just treat himself because it's like, oh, you know, I've I've survived. I'm doing all right. Mm. You have a bit. You'd have a little sort of moment of euphoria, hopefully. In, in that in that minute, he'll be on, he'll be on Gumtree or something, and he's going to pull the trigger on something. Well, also, um, he's not. He's, this is his last season in F1 potentially because uh, he doesn't have a drive next year. But what that does do is it liberates him from any sort of obligations to, um, you know, being aligned to any particular car company, which I know Haas, mm. you know, Haas sort of weren't anyway but they were they were aligned to ferrari so but now he can just go you know i um i really like citrons i'm gonna go and buy a ds or something (laughs) i don't know i don't imagine he would well i think this is his perfect moment to you'll get sponsorship from a local skip company and he can do a traveling (laughs) show involving various stunts there's always one of those traveling shows i love them what sort of I remember going to see, I remember show. stumbling across well you know where they just do like there's always a monster truck and there's always a guy on a quad <laughs> doing quite quite long quite low long, low long jumps you know the sort of yes. jump I mean it's very low no but it's lunch. very far uh, <laughs> it's it's this I mean I enjoy going to them I remember stumbling across one on holiday in Spain about 5 years ago we took the kids and it was these two it was brilliant I mean honestly I could have written a written a sort of um, a little comedy sketch just around these guys. There's like three guys and about 12 cars. So they were constantly running from one vehicle to another to another. And then these two blokes with identical Audi TTs and you would have you would have cried at the amount of punishment that they gave these TTs, and it was flat out in reverse, going straight towards one another from opposite ends of the stadium. And then Why? they would do like a a J, a J turn, like really close to one another, when you were V Max on the limiter in oh reverse. Oh my god! Why would you do these straight things? into second gear once you flipped it round? And these cars were taking it, and um. Uh, and I was just thoroughly enjoying it. I was also enjoying the fact that when one when the guy went out in the monster truck, which was the most tired, sorry old monster truck, poor <laughs> just looked like oh, it no. didn't want to play. It's like it really to a sorry. circus, and they've got a really mangy tiger or something. You just go. Oh, it is. It's like an so elephant to the tiger. It it was seriously. It was just like that. I mean, the fact that it took about a minute and a half to start it up when everyone was waiting. And then it was it was sort of you know a little bit dismal. But the guys who'd been thraping the um, the TTs, one of them was gonna I don't know get on a motocross bike and do something, jump over the whole stadium while wearing a pair of trekky bottoms. Oh, but the other one, <laughs> the, the the other the other one was just having a cheeky cigarette just to the side of the where all the other vehicles were lined yeah, up. It was just it was wonderful. I don't think I could go to a show like that because a the lack of mechanical sympathy and b just the constant fear that someone is about to get badly hurt. I just. I don't. Well, it was on the ragged edge the whole time. This yeah, was. I don't. And it was Spanish health and safety as well. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, actually, there was no helmets. Me, didn't see any helmets. Um, we should wrap this up in a minute, but it reminds me we're not doing readers' emails this week. But I do. It, it has just reminded me of one that came in uh, last week, which um, is sort of pertinent, only in as much as I, you telling me about these TTs being sort of ragged to the limiter in reverse, probably from cold, goes through me because they, I am a bit yeah. sort of 
mechanically I think I'm more mechanically sympathetic than than you are, perhaps. And uh, and, uh, this guy, uh, Ashley Secker, hello, Ashley, emailed. And um, his first paragraph I'm going to disregard because it's compliments and we don't read out compliments. Um, I know you both as excellent auto-journalists. Oh, that's a compliment as well. uh, Who have had some real seat time, lol, in various pieces of machinery on private test tracks. But my question is, which of you two would set the fastest lap time? And then he's given us a scenario, which is three laps of Brands Hatch, brackets indie circuit. Good, good detail. I don't, I don't know that. In a Cayman GT4, no, I don't either. <laughs> in a Cayman <laughs> GT4, my favourite car. Uh, this isn't meant to show one up or be a dick swinging competition. Just genuinely interested in which one is the most handy at hooking a lap. And I thought about this. I was going to forward it to you because I was thinking. Now, I don't know. I don't think either of us would claim to be Chris Harris, but I think you're oh, more no. fearless than me. But I have more mechanical sympathy, so I think you'd be faster. But I'd look after the tires better. Was my conclusion on this one? Yeah, I'd so I don't have a great deal of fear, but I would, I would, I warm the car up. I wouldn't do it cold. But I think if in, if it was an endurance, if it was an hour long race versus a twenty minute race, mm. I think the the hour long, the uh, you you probably have me. I think you know. I, I might be in danger of the the, the, the dreaded term overdriving. <laughs> oh, I think I could We've do some overdriving too. But I'm generally, you know, <laughs> you know me. I'm, I'm like I'm a bit funny about turning the steering wheel when the car's not moving and all that malarkey. So I am a bit sort of overly cautious. Apart from unless you're heading towards a tree. Yeah. Well, I would probably. Yeah, but. Uh, no, if the car wasn't moving, the tree would have to be heading towards me, and that's a whole different <laughs> set of parameters. Oh, sorry, that's just that's just psychosis or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's because unfortunately, I took a load of acid before getting into the car uh, because it's the seventies, and I'm the lead photographer for British Leyland Brochures. <laughs> we should do a track that's day when we're allowed to do stuff together. Should we? Uh, should we do a track day? I mean, personally, I, it's a lot cheaper and it's also a little bit more entertaining. Why don't we just do a skid pan afternoon? Oh, we! I got invited to one not that long ago, um, before Joking. the last lockdown. Yeah, and I couldn't go. But there's another one coming up. It's someone we know is organising them. It's for charity as well, so we should do it. I was going to say my Can defender, do- but I was worried a bit it might fall over or something. Hey, that's a great. I could bring the chimney. We could do oh inappropriate skid panning. Inappropriate skid panning. <laughs> Shall we? That could be cool. We'll do it. Uh, we okay. have an open invitation to go uh, from okay. yeah, from a man. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, that's probably a good time to um, to call this to a halt. But thank you very much for listening. And I have three things to tell you. The first one is, as you've already heard, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel called The Late Break Show, which currently features a road test of the new electric Fit 500 in Birmingham with Johnny dressed as a Peaky Blinder for some reason. Uh, (laughs) Number two, I have a new book out. It's called Boring Car Trivia Volume 2. It's available exclusively on Amazon as a paperback or an e-book. Ideal for Christmas as a present, probably for yourself, because... If you're the kind of person who wants a book called Boring Car Trivia Volume 2, you probably just want to read Boring Car Facts on your own on Christmas Day. Uh, (laughs) And three, um, Elton John wrote a theme song for the film Planes, Trains and Automobiles. And it was all ready to go, but unfortunately was nixed by contractual wrangling and never went into the film. I love Trains, Planes and Automobiles. Mm, Me too. It's brilliant, isn't it? I, I, I feel like I just want to go and watch it now as soon as I've mentioned it because it's so good there's something good about it isn't there a really bad car in it I'm just trying to remember what well it, it is. that lead it's car that they hire is a, yeah it's a Chrysler what were they called 
town and country or something the convertible with a fake but they they sort of made it even worse for the movie i think hadn't they yeah it looked like it just was covered in like cheap chopping boards <laughs> there's um yeah there's loads of extra footage in that film that's never been seen because they massively what? overshot yeah apparently the original edit of that film was like four hours long or something <laughs> and they had to cut it down and one of the bits that got cut one of the sort of plot points that got cut was that while they're in that car and they get stopped by the cop uh mm-hmm. who's michael mckean out of spinal tap and um better call saul and many other good things and um and that was a much longer scene uh, part of which was him telling them they'd overshot where they were going by a hundred miles and that was part of the a hundred uh, yeah, the part of the plot was that they, they couldn't even make it to where they're going because they'd, they'd gone too far and you know sort of various shenanigans resulted and they had to cut all these these things out because um, because it was it was far far too long. John Hughes just went absolutely crackers, and he wrote a really long script, and then he actually went and filmed it all. The crazy fucker. So yeah, it was it was far too long. And the other I'm thing about that, definitely watching that. Do you know another next week then? Another, another mad thing about that film is that when they showed it to test audiences, people didn't like it, and they didn't like it because in the original, although they got it down to time, um, they thought that. Um, John Candy's character was a freeloader and they didn't like him and they thought that Steve Martin's character was a doormat because he was giving in to John Candy and paying for everything. And they fixed it. Oh my it. gosh. They fixed it by going back to the edit and they found a, a bit where John Candy's character goes, give me your address and I'll send you the money for this. And that just made him more sympathetic because it showed that he, he knew that he was taking liberties. And that it wasn't kind of, just freeloading. Yeah, and that kind of helped to fix it. My gosh. So, wow. there we go. Um, thank you for listening to Smith & Sniff. Now please go and watch Planes, Trains and Automobiles and we will see you same time next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. It's a podcast where I say stuff and Richard says stuff. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.